Welcome to the Geoscience Futures Podcast. Conversations with thought leaders from business, academia, and the third sector about the future of the earth sciences. For decades, we've all understood what geology was. It was grabbing a hard hat and, and a hammer, hitting some rocks and looking at them under the under a microscope. It was a discipline with a long, respected tradition, reasonably clear boundaries and good career opportunities. Now it's, it's got a bit more complicated. But complicated in a good way, I think. The emphasis is now more on interdisciplinary studies, systems thinking. And there's a lot more focus on the boundaries of geology rather than its core. That reimagining of geology has been embraced with enthusiasm by Arizona State University in the US, where geology sits inside the School of Earth and Space Exploration. It's, it's that last bit that gets people's attention. So who better to discuss the future of geology than Manakshi Wadwa, the director of the Earth and Space Exploration School at ASU. A planetary geologist herself, Mina is also a tireless promoter of widening access to geoscience. We're joined for this conversation by my colleague, Neil Evans, and Mina begins by talking about her experience getting into geology as a young woman from India. My dream was to be a geologist on, on the moon or on, on Mars, you know, just, it just, space just fascinated me, although I, I really not, didn't know much about, you know, what a planetary geologist really did, because, you know, obviously you couldn't go there, you couldn't hammer on rocks or anything, but, you know, I, I knew that uh, obviously NASA certainly had spacecraft that went to other places in the solar system, and maybe there was something for me to do there. And so I applied to grad school here. And uh, the interesting thing at the time, of course, was that I was the only woman in my incoming class of grad students as well. And most of the faculty were still male and white. <laughs> and that, that's, that's, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, and I thought at times, you know, do I really belong here? You know, is this, is this really what I, what I want to be doing? Um, always, you know, trying to fit in at some level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad I did, because, I mean, I've seen an evolution of this field um, where, you know, when I go to conferences now, it's almost, especially when it comes to, you know, grad students and postdocs, it's almost 50-50, at least in the conferences that I go to. We still have a long ways to go when it comes to some of the, you know, tenured faculty and, and, and the um, senior researchers in our field. Uh, it's still very much dominated by, you know, white and male. But, <laughs> but you know, I came to ASU and I really loved being here. I was director of uh, uh, a research center before I became director of the school in which I am now. Um, and this research center, basically, you know, after having done that for about 12 years, um, I kind of had a bit of a life-changing experience. I, I was in a really serious um, automobile accident. Um, doing actually field work in Iceland um, in 2017 and, uh, you know, had about really tough road to recovery. It was in a wheelchair for about four months and lots of physical therapy afterwards and had a lot of time on my hands to really think about what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, I had, I kind of figured I had maybe another 15, 20 good years to really kind of make a difference. And I, I felt like I could be doing more to 
help the kinds of students that, you know, mm-hmm. like myself when I first arrived. I mean, I, I kind of felt like, you know, education and access to education really changed my um, my life in a way that uh, was transformational. And so I, I wanted to be able to to have that kind of impact on other others as well. And so that's that's kind of why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing now. And I'm really interested in that in your comment when you know earlier in your career, maybe even at university, where you're questioning whether you fitted or not. Do you think? And I agree with you. We're getting better. We're not. We're not there yet. But do you think that that female students have that same question, or, or is that going away slightly? I think women in general, I think, you know, we've, we're almost, especially in my school, when I look around as well as other places, actually, there's, there's as many women students as there are, as there are yeah. men. I think we've made a big, big difference there in my, and on the faculty side too, actually, when you think about it, I mean, just in the last 10 years in my school, we've gone from something like 10% women faculty to just over 30 percent. Um, it's still not 50-50, but we made you know great strides. Strides, but I think where we really still have to make a, a you know bigger effort and and make a bigger difference is with with minorities um, in our yeah. um, faculty. That that's really not where you know our, our school has never had a black faculty member ever in its history. Um, and there's a lot of actually schools at ASU and, and at other places as well, especially in STEM fields where you, where there's never been a black faculty member. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in the sense, you know, I, I really kind of feel more broadly that, you know, just, it's, it's not just just on, you know, just on one or two axes like that. I think we really need to be thinking more broadly about, about diversity and the geosciences in particular. Um, yeah. It's a rec, you know, it's a recognized problem, and you you really can't do well unless you do have that diversity of perspectives for the future. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a massive issue. It's live everywhere, but it's especially live in the UK at the moment. And um, our ethnic diversity is terrible in geoscience way way down. And what makes it worse actually is when you look at this, because we actually have an advanced level in school geology. So uh, maybe about fifty percent of our students have gone through that route. But if you look at where they're taught, they're generally taught that there's one, so there's maybe about a hundred odd places. No, no, there's more than that. There's a, there's several hundred places that teach geology. There's one inner city school in Birmingham. So there are, there are suburbs, they're in affluent areas. And if you look at the ethnic diversity in those areas, they're usually 95% plus white. So, so we have a problem that the, the actual geology teaching is probably in those places, a bit more affluent access to countryside and, and all the rest of it seen as a kind of a slightly luxury you know subject it's not one of the, the key ones and, and yet there's a whole massive population of people in the cities that are just not even exposed to it so so we can start with the problem back there so it's not surprising when you look at the universities that they're you know less yeah. than five percent ethnic diversity indeed yeah we've been trying to make an effort to um to broaden you know who we try to recruit, how we try to recruit, what is the messaging? You know that the you know it starts with 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 people feeling like they just they don't fit in, they don't belong in what they see, and and I think 
um, that's where we really need to sort of be paying more attention. This is a question I normally have at the end. We normally have at the end, but maybe it's better to do it now. I mean, how would you sell geoscience to to those minor ethnic minority minority groups that haven't made the way? You know, they're not in to the same degree as we would expect them to be. Is that a different message to the general kind of student population? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think one of the things that we that we need to convey to, especially for for if we're trying to trying to bring in more diversity and especially from underrepresented minorities, I mean, I think you know they want to know that they. Uh, from come my own, from my own experience, I know that you know I, I wanted to be able to 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 be um, to make a successful living, you know, doing what I'm doing and feeling like like I um, what I what I'm what I do is you know matters. It's more saying that hey, you know, there's there's some actually you know wonderful careers that you can that you can go on to. Uh, from from that can be launched from your from your sort of education in the geosciences, and mm. and that could be um, you know in in the environmental uh, field. There could be um, and you know especially in, in astronomy and space sciences as well as planetary. I mean, I think there's a lot of sort of industry um, uh, areas that are sort of getting very interested in, in the kinds of uh, graduates that we that we produce, and so. Um, I think, you know, letting them know up front kind of what the opportunities would be coming out of school, um, I think is, it, it matters. And, and having sort of examples for them to be able to sort of, you know, connect with and say, that, hey, you know, I can, I can see myself doing that. No, I, I think, you know, the, how, how we're kind of projecting ourselves, and, and I'm, I'm speaking from our, sort of my personal experiences as director of my school, where we're trying to trying to sort of get the messaging right to, to try to bring in the kind of diversity that we, that we see in our student body as well as in the faculty actually that we attract is that, you know, what, you, what you're going to learn here are, are, you know, the problem-solving skills, the, the critical thinking skills, the working as part of teams, which is really kind of key to, you know, a, a lot of sort of the folks that are uh, hiring interns and, and 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 then looking for for employees um, in our sector. I mean, that's those are the, the key things that they want to see in the graduates. Um, and so I think you know we're, we're basically broadening our scope, not saying hey, you know, this is you're going to be working in the oil industry or something like that. that I, I think you're right that you know I think people are realizing that maybe you need to be broader than that in terms of thinking about you know the opportunities that exist for you once you graduate from from our school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think what I've seen is that it's changing really rapidly with the uh, with the the way um, some of our early career um, geoscientists think they they do think more about the the impact on the planet and things like that and climate change obviously and and they do think like that, but really rapidly because I would say beyond five years ago, much like what you were saying, Ian. I mean, when I joined the oil industry. Um, oil was nine bucks a barrel, and you know I was just pleased to get paid. Um, and then, and then when it went up to one forty a barrel, we had students getting and demanding sign-on bonuses of over a hundred grand. Oh. I mean, and that was 
what, five, six, seven years ago, which made me feel sick. Um, but, um, but now, but now, you know, and we've interviewed a few of the earlier career guys and they don't think like that. Um, so things are changing rapidly. Yeah, no, indeed. So what, one of the questions we're, that we're interested in is where we see geoscience contributing to many of these big issues as we go forward. I mean, how would, where do you see the, the contribution of, of geology or science, geoscience, whatever way we cut it? I think for the future, you know, you're, you're going to have to be not, again, not siloed, but in sort of in, in bringing in contributions from other fields to really addressing the really big problems that are out there in terms of climate change or sustainability and water resources and energy. I mean, all, all of these things are going to require require the geosciences to sort of not not be kind of see themselves as, as a narrow niche field. You're going to have to sort of, you know, bring in the expertise and, and, and the kind of inputs from a lot of different um, areas to really make a big difference in, in how we attack these, these larger issues in society. It seems to me that ASU is way ahead of us on this one. So, I mean, um, how do you do it at ASU? It's, it's, do you see that into that genuine, tra always transdisciplinary environment that you coming into the earth sciences as well? Is that a real strong thing? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's kind of represented in part by how our school is structured as well. I mean, you know, we're not um, geology. We're basically a school of earth and space exploration more broadly. And, and so really we bring in um, you know, astronomy, um, planetary science, geoscience, geochemistry, geophysics, uh, with engineering for exploration, as we call it. So there's an engineering component, you know, how do you sort of build and design the tools that are going to allow you to, to explore the, you know, the earth and natural environments and space and planetary environments. Um, in a way that you need to, as well as education, geoscience education, astronomy, astrophysical sciences education, and in those fields, I think thinking about all of these things, you know, in, in one school, and and it's been a, it's it's really worked out well for us. I mean, I, I've I know from personal experience that I would never have been involved in certain types of projects if I'd not been at ASU. As a, hmm. and you know, it's it's made it possible to be involved in in those types of things that are. Uh, that involve typically, you know, disciplines that really go beyond just the silos that exist in most places, you know. But mm. at the same time, I think what that, you know, what, what that brings, the mindset that it brings is that, you know, there are, the, like I said, the big issues in, 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 our, in our society today, they're not going to be tackled within just a single field. I mean, you, you need all, all kinds of tools, including, you know, AI and, 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 and data science applications, as well as, uh, you know, engineering applications, as well as, you know, hard, the hard sort of disciplines like uh, chemistry and physics and, and geology to really be able to sort of understand some of the systems that we need to and the interplay between the systems to really be able to, to do something about, about these things. And these are kind of complex issues and to try to uh, try to look at it from a lens that sort of really gives us the, the broadest perspective, I think is, is what we need to do. And mm. so, you know, that's, that's been sort of just, you know, the DNA of ASU is, 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 is kind of in that, in that mode. And so, um, yeah, it's been, you know, from, for me, I think I've, I've definitely sort of, you know, kind of had some of that Kool-Aid and really kind of, I, I believe in that, you know, I think that there's, 
you know, there's a lot of things that you could you can do uh, if you don't sort of have that kind of narrow lens. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was early career, I remember being taken aside by a professor who said, "Look, the, the way to get ahead is to focus on a very specific thing, to become the UK expert. That's how you get your chair." And he says, "You trouble with you is you're you're all over the shot. You know, you're interested in this and this and this." And for me, in the end, it was television that saved me because television is such, it just swallows everything up. It's a massive generalist. And so for a, for a while, I was right out of favour, out of sync with all the thing. And then, of course, as you say, it's all kind of come round now. So the, suddenly yeah. being the generalist and the integrator is much more is much yeah. more in it. It's all these people that are the specialists in this isotope here study that are saying, <laughs> that kind of feel as if the grooves have changed. They're all complaining. And all it does bring some tensions because, I mean, even though you want to try to bring in all kinds of different perspectives and different expertise to try to address a question, you still need, need you know, the, the core and the base and the rigor and sort of understanding some of the some of the fundamental uh, fundamentals in our field. And so I think, you know, every year when we go through the process of kind of prioritizing who we're going to be hiring the next year and, you know, there's always that tension of, you know, OK, you know, do we, we need somebody who's a structural geologist and, and we need somebody who's a sedimentologist versus somebody who's sort of uh, basically looking at broader sort of, you know, issues of water resources that basically applies, you know, a lot of um, uh, maybe some, you know, data science applications towards understanding some of the, pro some of the problems there, for example. And so it's, it's just... It, it just, uh, you know, makes for, for interesting conversations, but I think that tension is going to sort of, if anything, it's going to be more um, for the future because I think the complexity of the problems that we face is going to be, you know, exponentially greater as well. I was interested in those points you were making about um, decisions and choices about faculty appointments, which actually reflects, you know, essentially what, what you're going to be teaching, what skills. And so, yeah. so I, I, do you think the skill sets and the curriculum is going to have to transform itself as we go forward, or do you think we can get away with the same stuff we've been doing uh, in terms? Well, I mean, I, I really honestly think it's you know it's going to be less about content delivery than it is going to be about you know trying to create a generation of, of, of people that are really good problem solvers. I think you know, and and, and you can use. Um, the geosciences as sort of the basis for trying to convey that that kind of skill, and so I think um, I think that's where the emphasis is, go is going to be. Uh, the other the other thing that I think that's going to be different is that you know we, we're and we've seen this in the time of COVID, of course. I mean, I think you know a lot of how we how we teach is going to have to be different. How we actually um, you know. Uh, convey those kinds of skills to our students. I mean, we're going to have to do a lot more remotely, I think, um, in a world where, um, you know, just the the number of people that you can reach um, via the kind of sort of uh, um, online degrees and online programs that are being offered. I and, I, you know, geosciences in general, I mean, people have, have sort of hesitated to sort of go in that direction just because of of you know what it is we've got to you've got to be out in the fields to to really see you um you know the field relationships and really as you know look at you know rocks hold them and really kind of understand what these are about but i, I you know i think we're gonna have to have a mindset about a change in our mindset about that because 
you know, there are so many different tools and, and technologies and capabilities that we have now. For example, we, we have um, um, a center called the Education for Ex Through Exploration uh, Center in our school, where we're sort of developing these virtual environments. And, and, and we actually have a partnership now with uh, ASU as a partnership with Dreamscape. And we're kind of generating these kind of virtual experiences to be able to really more, um, 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 you know, convey authentic experiences through virtual reality. Just from my own having originated in India, there's just there's not the capacity in schools to accommodate the number of people that we need to reach in terms of educating. Yeah. In, in terms of educating them, and so I think you know we are going to have to rely on on the internet and rely on online resources. We've done some really cool work actually with um, uh, the virtual world. And we have, um, we, we worked with a, a group that is, does a lot of work with the Ministry of Defense of different countries. Mm -hmm. And they do a lot of their 3D models and stuff. And we did, it, we did one of a coal mine. And uh, what was really interesting about it wasn't necessarily the geology, but we realized that we could go down into this virtual world and we could walk around the coal mine. And then we, what we thought we'd do is bring in the local communities and have a look at it and say, look, if we extract over here, this is the view you'll get. Ah. If you were. And it was really powerful. Mm. And, and because we could project it and, and take away a wall and, and do all that sort of thing. So I think we're just sort of entering that phase of what can we do with all of this? Exactly. And uh, it's spectacular. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're just at the at the sort of inflection point here in terms of sort of really utilizing these kinds of resources and especially, you know, with, with VR and with haptics. And I think it'll, it'll, it'll be a, you know, 50 years or 30 years from now, it's going to be a much different world. And I think, you know, again, you know, I feel, I feel very passionately about access and, uh, and, and creating greater access. And I think one of the ways in which we're going to be able to do that is, is, is through, you know, the online environment. And so, yeah, so I mean, we, you know, we, we actually launched our very first kind of bachelor of science degree, <laughs> a fully online degree in uh, astronomical and planetary sciences this year. And also, so I'm curious about one thing, which is you're you know working in space science. Yeah. Uh, I, I, how do you how do you, not justify too strong about it, but how do you relate you know what you do up there to what's important down here? You must get out all the time, spend millions of you know to send you up there, and there's all these problems of poverty and blah. How, how do you resolve that? Number one, I think it's just that uh, there's only one Earth, and you know, no matter how, you know, no matter what you hear from people like Elon Musk and others, I mean, I think, you know, the the, the likelihood of us make creating a self-sustaining civilization on another planet is, is going to be something that's certainly not going to happen in my lifetime or in probably mm -hmm. in, in several lifetimes. And it's it, that's going to be a challenge. So, you know, we, we better take care of our planet because this is this is the only one where we know that we can we can thrive. And, uh, you know, we've got to make it make it sustainable here for the longer term. And so I think, you know, that's that's that sort of the, the first thing that you kind of recognize as a planetary scientist is that, yeah, there's, you know, it gives you that context of, of your you know humanity's place in the universe. But you kind of understand also that the Earth is unique in many ways for our for our species and we better take care of it. 
Um, the the other thing also is just you know there's 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 so many challenges technological and otherwise in terms of exploring um, other environments in our solar system and and beyond. I mean I think it's you know we've been able to solve a lot of really hard problems. I know that from having you know been part of missions to to other places where we deal with lots of challenges and and the concerted effort. You know you can absolutely do it. And so it just, you know, it tells me that the tools and then the skills that you develop and can develop to to address really hard problems. I mean, we're able to do it. We can do it if we put our mind to it. And so I think that's the other sort of mindset that, you know, planetary kind of brings to to problem solving here on Earth. Great. Great. Thank, thanks right. very well, much. Have a good day, you guys. Yeah, you too. <laughs> bye bye. All right. Bye.